Life's too short. Life's too damn short. With your fun fitness friend, Melanie Cole, MS. You know, the past couple of weeks has been a tumultuous couple of weeks, to put it mildly. People have been scared, nervous. People have been celebrating. Some other people have been crying. It's been a very unusual couple of weeks in this country, and a lot of people are anxious. And some of it has been shown in our theater in New York at Hamilton. Some of it has been shown by protests on both sides of the aisle. We've seen protests. We've seen violence. We've seen hate crimes increase. We haven't seen this kind of thing since really the 1950s or 60s. And we're trying to figure out how we can recover from this election as a nation, come together. I think that's what everybody really wants. But do they? And that's what we're talking today with Jamie Gordon. She's a social scientist who works in the field of marketing and advertising as a cultural strategist. Jamie, welcome to the show. This Thanks has for been, me. yeah, the, you know, this has been a really unusual couple of weeks. And I have no qualms about myself saying that I was absolutely in tears on Wednesday, barely could get out of my bed. And then I read a really inspirational Toni Morrison poem that said artists use these kinds of moments to get up, write, sing, dance, compose, whatever it is. I use my platform to talk because it's what I like to do. And so I got up. I went on my treadmill. I took a shower. And I said, okay, now, you know, I can talk to my children about this. You're a social scientist. What do you see Mm -hmm. happening in this country right now on both sides of the game? Um, Well, you know, I think... um when it comes to both sides of the game, I mean, I think the reason why we had the election results that we had, um, and a lot of us, you know, were not excited about it, and a lot of us were, and I think um, the reason why the people who were excited about it are excited about it is because I think on both sides we're seeing a lot of pain. I think in this country there's a lot of, um, there's been a lot of anguish, there's been a lot of pain that's not been spoken. And, and to be honest, you know, the people who are kind of on the, on the left side of things, um, you know, we do tend to live in our, you know, we tend to live in an echo chamber of sorts, <laughs> and, and I think everybody tends to do that. So we don't, you know, we don't necessarily hear the pain of others. <laughs> and um, you know what pain does, um, and, and I think you know as, as a reaction um, to what's happened, you know, on, now on on the other side of things is, um, you know, it reminds us of a couple things. Um, you know, if, if you look to the literal sense of it, pain first of all reminds you that there's something broken <laughs> that needs to be fixed. Right. Um, so if we think about it in terms of the literal sense of anxiety or fear or physical pain, um, but it also and this is one of my favorite quotes from G.I. Jane, it, it reminds us that we're not dead yet. Right. It reminds us that there's something something to be done, um, that we have some more living to do and that, um, you know, that there's an opportunity. Right. And I think um, that's an important point because it is an opportunity. And when you say there's mm -hmm. something to be done, I think that people think that now this is a chance, whichever side you're on, that this is a chance to move forward in the direction that you want things to go. So, I mean, social media has been really blowing up. It's gone absolutely crazy. People have lost friends. They've unfriended Mm -hmm. people. They've gotten in arguments with spouses and loved ones. How do you do do that? How do you look forward and say, we do need to move forward, but how? And that's that's such a challenge with social media, right? Because it's that echo chamber I talked about before, right? And it's the same with any kind of media. You know, as media and all of these things got more complicated, we simplified it by drawing our circles pretty small, right? We only want to see and hear the opinions that match our own. 
But I think if we're going to move forward um, and we're going to unify, which is what's important, um, there's, there's a couple things that need to happen, right? So as individuals, each one of us needs to decide how you want to see this loving image of the world that's worth living in, right? And once you decide what that image of that world is for you, I mean, it really is on us to, um, you know, to be the change we want to see, right? And, and, um, and that does a few things, right? For one, it stops us from, from judging others, right? It tells us, you know what, this is, this is about us now seeking to understand, right? So that's the first. Understand people whose ideas don't look like yours, who maybe don't look like you or don't live like you. Um, two, being the change means um, that you are now replacing complaining about others with actually reflecting on yourself. So what is it that you're afraid of? Um, you know, what are the things that you can do? And it really stirs us into taking action about the things that we do have control over, which is what we do in the world, right? Well, what if you're so, afraid uh, of things that are either based in history? Because, mm-hmm. you know, and as a Jewish person, I've always been told, never forget mm-hmm. and never again. Same. We grew up <laughs> hearing that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we grew up hearing that. And this is just a little point here because... What we were also told was, if you were back in Germany in the 30s, mm-hmm. would you be one of those people that shut your shades and didn't see? Or mm-hmm. would you be somebody who would hide, feed, help with money, you know, help mm-hmm. them escape, whatever it was? And always as kids, we were like, oh, I'd be one of those people. I wouldn't jump in front of a gun, but I would, you know, I would try and, and, and protest the way that I could and help the way that I could. And now we might actually have a chance to answer that question we were asked as mm-hmm. children. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, I've, I've you know, been on either side of that. I'm also Jewish. I'm also a female. I'm also a lesbian. But then also, you know, I'm a white person. I'm an educated person. I am, um, you know, a middle-class professional person. So there's all these ways that we can define ourselves. <laughs> but until we really start looking at one another as, um, as, as fellow humans, right, and, and, and really being that change and drawing our circles a little bigger, we're not going to get there. So it's, you know, I recommend to people really now, and I'm making a point to do this more and more. It's something I do anyway, but um, to really kind of more, look more deeply into the lives and values of, again, people that don't look like you and people don't, don't live like you, right? So making a point to get yourself out of your comfort zone and, and, and talk to somebody who's not someone that you would ever talk to. Um, and, it, you know, I think it'll find that if you make that choice to start drawing your circle uh, a little bigger and making new friends, if you will, that'll really open you up to discovering how much we all actually had in common. You know, when you go back and ask that person what they see as an image of a loving world worth living in, my guess is uh, for most people that that'll be the same <laughs> or it'll have very, very similar attributes. Um, because honestly, like we're, we're born with love. That's our natural tendency as human beings. Um, we learn fear. We learn fear as we get older and things and have more information and things get more complicated. And, and you know, we, we decide that, you know, there, there's an us and a them because, you know, in order for us to, you know, feel like we've got a purpose, we've got to have an us versus a them. But, um, you know, we need to draw a bigger us. Uh, and so we need to make a point to, you know, get out of our comfort zones and get out of our echo chambers a little bit and, and really strive to find people who are different from us. And Well, uh, that's true. And, and we do need to sense. educate ourselves. And some people who either didn't vote or said, oh, I don't read any of the stuff or I don't want to research this guy or that person, then you say, well, then you're uninformed. However, Mm -hmm. some of the narrative Mm -hmm. has been dictated, of course, with with Fox News on one side and CNN maybe on another. And so how do you know which narrative to believe? Because that's another thing. So if you say, well, I'm somebody who's really going to study these cabinet picks but then the narrative from Fox News says was what a great guy this is, and CNN or, or other outlets like Huffington Post obviously is going to say 
one other thing. So how can you educate yourself with facts when the facts are so skewed? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So so I suppose, you know, at the end of the day, you can get caught up in, in, in the media that's kind of created for us. And honestly, that's, uh, you know, it's part, it is part of the problem, right? So um, <laughs> because, you know, every, everybody's kind of writing their own truths these days. It's, it's hard, to, hard to find objective facts. So if you want to find objective facts, you go find out what the, what's on public record from any of these people that you'd like to learn more about. But um, really, I think we need to be, you know, looking to one another, uh, not looking to media, right, but looking to one another for truth instead of facts, right? So what are the human truths? the value systems that are really motivating us. And again, you know, I do this for a living, and I, and, I, and I look from one target customer in one category to another and, you know, different sets of demographics and, and, and all of these kinds of things. But at the end of the day, when you, you know, when I analyze what are the values that really unify this one target customer, I can tell you that there's at least four or five of those values that would travel from one, any human demographic to the other. I see it. Okay, wait, so I want to I want to talk about those human values because yeah. obviously if we're parents, mm-hmm. if we have children, that's a value that can unite us all. If we mm-hmm. have children and and Sting said it beautifully, I hope the Russians love their children too. He's saying that, you know, during the Cold War. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we have to hope that we all do love our children, and that's for a mm-hmm. fact, whether you're on either side of the aisle. So we want a better world for our children. We want mm-hmm. education. But then some of those lines get blurred because what one person wants for their child, another person says, heck no, I don't want that at all for my children. Some people well, say they don't want there's... public education, and other people say, well, uh, it's 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 kind of an inalienable right here to have public education, and so I mean it goes back and forth. So you wanna uh, you wanna try and listen to somebody as you're saying, but yet, mm-hmm. how can you listen to somebody when you feel that their values are completely opposed to your own? See, and and, and I think it's distinguishing between you know lifestyle choices and values. And at the end of the day, when I think about values, I think about. Um, you know, values of, you know, being honest, of having integrity, of, of, of staying true to your word, of um, being respectful and kind to one another, of, of, um, of showing love for other human beings. Like, these are all higher order values that um, I think if you were to get down to the essential root of any reason why any one human being believes what they believe, it's because they want, this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? They want to feel like they are provided for, that they have the basic things they need to subsist, shelter, food, water. They want to feel like they belong <laughs> to someone, to people, right, to their community, to other human beings, right? Um, and then from there, it's about, you know, feeling worthy, you know, feeling loved, having self-esteem. And, and you know, you can't get to the place of self-actualization and really creating change in the world and being the best person that you can be unless you feel like you have all those covered. So if we can't feed and clothe every single person in this country, <laughs> right, then we've got a problem because then we can't get those people past that basic fighting for survival mentality, right? So there's that, right? So to do your part to be the change and make sure that the humans in this country have what they need. I always tell my kids, be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Exactly. So stop, stop complaining and blaming others and figure out what it is that you can do to make sure that people aren't fearing for their survival, which a lot of people in this country are. I think, you know, if you live in the urban, in urban areas or if you live on the coast and you living a middle-class life and you were brought up to appreciate diversity and inclusion and all of these kinds of things and you, you got educated, you know, you, you're not really seeing what's going on or you choose not to see what's going on in a lot of parts of the country. There are people who don't have those basic things, who, you know, there, there were jobs taken out of their cities and they don't have the money to go just relocate and find another blue-collar job somewhere, right? 
So there's a lot of struggle happening happening um, to a degree that I don't think a lot of people are aware. So be the, be a part of that change, right? Um, and when you do that, people do feel that second sense of belonging, right? So, oh, other people care about me that don't look like me, that don't live near me. <laughs> you know, I, I do belong to somebody else. And from there, that's, you know, it's where you ladder up to love and self-esteem and all those kinds of things. But, you know, if we can't, if we can't commit to being a change on the most basic level, then we can't have that. We can't even get to the point of having that larger conversation about the values we share. Right? Well, how so can you even... Fear by, by being loving. <laughs> and and being loving is wonderful, but how can you understand somebody like if 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 certain white America and as you say white woman that's me too, and mm-hmm. if they say that they admire the rich people, but mm-hmm. these certain rich people may or may not have any interest. They are the ones who cross the street to go around that person. They mm-hmm. they absolutely have no interest, but they resent a professional because the professional maybe worked their way up, pulled themselves from their bootstraps. Why is one acceptable? How can you understand when you're talking to somebody like this and say, well, okay, you were a military person, so you support this this situation, and yet you voted for a man who's never been in the military, who didn't even pay taxes to contribute to the military. I don't yeah. get it. What do we do think, with the I, I don't get it of, question? Yeah, and, and, I think, and, and I think we don't get it because, um, gosh, you know, fear, again, is a very, very powerful thing. And, and, and when, you, <laughs> when you have fear for your livelihood, you have fear for your way of life, whether or not it's founded or not, you know, whether or not it's founded, right? Um, you know, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to kind of justify or take the low road. And in, in any case, and I don't even want to call it taking the low road because that's not fair. I think what a lot of people who were fearful in this country saw was an opportunity to create a really, really big change. They saw a government that was continually not serving them. Right? Um, they saw a social, a, a, a culture that was not allowing them to speak up and say, you know what, I'm afraid of this thing, or I have this opinion because this was, you know, these were on the wrong side of history, or these are not socially acceptable opinions. But here's the thing about all that fear and all that anger and all those demons, all those demons that have been have been bubbling up, right? Um, is if you don't have a chance to confront your demons, you can't neutralize them and move forward. And we haven't given people in this country a chance to um, get their demons out. So what happened? We got somebody who, in a very very public, unabashed way, with lots of money and lots of reach and lots of asset access, to speak all those demons for us, right? And then there were a lot of people who said, you know what, that's how I feel and I haven't been heard before. And right now I don't see my government serving me, so we need a big change. And I think more than anything, um, people who were feeling like they hadn't been heard um, were voting for for change. Uh, And I think there's a lot of those people who, you know, right or not, knew that he didn't stand for a lot of things that, you know, that Donald Trump didn't stand for a lot of things that they believed in, but he did stand for the thing that was most important to them, which was change. In much the way that Barack Obama stood for change, on the way other side of the coin, you know, eight years ago, um, you know, this is where we're at because we haven't had a chance to have that even dialogue because, again, we've been living in our respective echo chambers, not seeking to understand, not really getting that there are people who live different, vastly differently from we, the way we do in our own country, not so far away from us uh, because we choose to put our bubbles up. When we but when, so when you put up, your bubble up, <laughs> and, and we've had this great classy scandal-free president who's been just incredible in my eyes, and I'm in love with his wife. I just absolutely don't understand. And that's what I guess I'm having trouble with, Jamie, is that Mm -hmm. ability to understand the thinking. And I don't feel like I can move forward quite as well as I would like to until I understand that the 
changes that they're looking for and the anger that they've felt and the, the disaffection that they've felt from the government, th- that's not, to me, what's going to happen for them. And none of us yeah. want to be an I told you so person. But we can, I mean, I can see the forest for the trees and it's not going to get better for them in this situation. No, how, it, it how do you not. try and, and understand that? But you know what? Um, you know, not everybody can understand everything. And, you know, not a, you know, you have a choice of whether or not you're going to believe everything you hear, right? And, and politicians are really great at telling people what they want to hear. And, I mean, you know, intelligence, you know, media intelligence research, all of that stuff is pretty smart. So every time, you know, a candidate goes to a specific market, they know exactly what the issues are in that market, and they can speak to whatever fears are happening, and they can, they can make promises and, and all of those kinds of things. But, um, you know, maybe we'll never understand why some people you know, vote the way they did or not. But, you know, my suggestion is, you know, you know, if you can't go actually spend some time in in a rural area somewhere, if you don't have relatives back in somewhere (laughs) else that you haven't talked to in a while that you can actually have a conversation with, then, you know, make a point to read some literature that you wouldn't normally read, you know, make a point to, um, you know, go read a book. Like Breitbart. Like Breitbart. I mean, here's the thing is you can't hope to understand you know, you can't hope to get your argument across. This is a classic Stephen Covey kind of a seven habits of highly effective people thing. And it is. You can't change habit, other people's mind. Which is first yeah. to understand and then to be understood. Right? And we learned so, this with social media, yeah. Jamie. We learned mm-hmm. in this last year that you're not changing anybody's minds. No matter what no. you put on Facebook, no matter what mm-hmm. articles, no matter what proof or snopes or any of these things you put, if somebody's mind is made up mm-hmm. and they are of the opinion that, whatever it is, that that doesn't change. Oh, you know what? I didn't realize that. And so, yeah, I'm going to change my mind. That was a that was something I had to learn this last mm-hmm. six months was that yeah. I wasn't changing anybody's mind, no matter how many articles I reposted, no matter how many, you know, offenses and, and watching an adult mock a disabled person in front of a crowd. Yeah. No, none of that stuff mattered in this election, which made it so much harder. So we got to wrap well, it up, but but wrap it up for us in a way that we can take something from this, because I think that's what we all need is something that we can take today yeah. and say, okay, I'm going to try okay. that. I, you know, I think it's on us to all say, you know what, this is the vision of the America that I, you know, that I want to see. This is this, this is the loving environment I want to see. And, and it's also our duty now to, to, to kind of speak to one another and speak up. So to find that common ground, the values that we share, and if we see something that we don't like, speak up, say something, get lots of people to say something, get engaged, um, have conversations with people that don't look like you who feel the same and, um, and, you know, get that point of view out there because, you know, the president works for us, the government works for us. And if we don't hold them accountable, we're responsible. So we have to be that change. Um, and that means, you know, relying on ourselves and nobody else. I think that's such an important point. And the, and the government works for us. I'm not sure that that's quite understood yet by those people that are entering government now that they work for us. We are not mm-hmm. their minions. We are not their subjects. We They work for us. They are our mm-hmm. employees. And I don't think pr- the new president-elect understands that he's now an employee. He is no we need, longer. We need, we need we need to make that man. We need to make him understand, and and everybody does, right? So if you if, if you were one of those people who voted for him based on one thing, but just see things that you don't like, say something. If you see you something, still say have something. the right. It's a good rule. 
for now, we still have the right. And so, Jamie, we're going to have you back on and we can talk more about this because it's really a fascinating topic and we're seeing so much tumult in the country right now. And hopefully we can come together and hopefully we can understand those who have different opinions and different views. I'm not sure. <laughs> and well, I'm making, my a point, I'm making a point to have lots of these conversations. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it on Good. my agenda of having at least a few a week conversations. Well, you go, girl. Because are different than mine. You'll so have to let back. me know how that works out. But you are a social scientist, so <laughs> that is something. Yeah, so that is something that you research and study. So it's a very interesting thing, and we'll have you back on to kind of find out what you found out from these people. And you're listening to Life's Too Short. It is way too short, and it's also too short to spend most of our time feeling these negative feelings. It's something I'm trying to realize right now. I can't let my days, especially in the light of the holiday season and loving family around us, we can't let all of the negativity enter or it will cloud any enjoyment that we've got coming and any enjoyment. And I'm trying to do that without way drinking too much. For a little while, that's probably what's going to happen. But then as soon as that subsides a little bit, we have to all sort of look at each other and say, do we have anything in common? And if we do, let's unite those commonalities. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and review, because that way like-minded people get involved, and that way we can all get involved together. So if you have something to say, you can always send us an email at radiomd.com. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Stay well.